insert your own theme tune here. here. Uh, oh. I was trying to beat you to it that time, but I wasn't quite ready. I was sipping. Um, hello. Hello. Welcome back to Citizens of Nowhere. Insert is... what you like here. Anything you like. I don't know if it be a theme tune. Let's put in a sentence. Yeah. <laughs> Do a dance. Juggle. This is your podcast. This is your podcast for you. We're trying to help you relax wherever you are in your car, on your, um, uh, if you're in the gym right now. Well done for being in the gym. Yeah, is, is this helping? <laughs> is, this, is this a handy thing to, to pump iron to? God, I'd like to think it is. Yeah, that's what I aim for. Yeah. Um, this is Nick Doody. This is Carey Marks, and it's nice to have you back. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for coming. Here we are. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Um, here we are in uh, in a room. Hmm. This is one of our uh, one of our celebrated room episodes. Yeah, we decided to. Uh, we should have called this um, podcast from a room. Really, it's usually in a room, isn't it? Yeah, I wonder if that name's gone. Yeah, probably. That probably really considering what we do. Considering the number of podcasts out there, I would have thought so. Um, so um, yeah. And, uh, oh, there's so much going on in the news and, and the, the, you just can't talk about all of it, can you, really? <laughs> no, there was, um, let's take what, what, what's, what's today's date? The 2nd of October. Yeah. I'm recording this, so uh, if you're listening to this, that means it's probably uh, January 2019. <laughs> and uh, Why? <laughs> Why do you assume that? I'm just thinking this is going to be a really long episode. <laughs> okay, really. Taking a while to upload. <laughs> you think people spend ages before they're like, ah, oh, going to force myself to listen to it next week. No, next week. Oh, I'll no, wait, I'll wait I'll a I'll year. the upload thing on the end there to make that make more sense, because otherwise I was like, well, this bit's at the beginning, doesn't matter how long it is. One thing we were going to start talking about, but we don't want to get into a lot of, is there's been a, um, the business recently with um, Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh, uh, who was accused of sexual assault by Christine Blasey Ford? Um, if you've been, if you haven't been watching the case or not had any interest, I actually find it very hard to understand how anyone could have avoided hearing about it at all. Uh, I, I did my best. <clears throat> did you? Social media. My social media kind of erupted in the, and, and this is what I found interesting about it was so I'll, I'll give a basic on it. Is that she she accused him of sexual assault uh, thirty five years ago. Um, uh, she would have been 15 at the time. I think he was two years older or three years older. Just to be clear, she's uh, accused him of having sexually assaulted her 35 years ago. It's not that the accusation is not 35 years ago. What? Yeah. What? You said she'd accused him 35 years ago. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I'm just clarifying. There's a lot of talk about how much he was drinking, so I'm having wine to get into the mood (laughs) during this podcast. Um, I'm about to sexually assault Nick, just just to try and uh, act this that out. That episode. <laughs> That's why we're in a room. And that was where the podcast took a turn. It t- become like one of those true crime ones. Oh my God, have you heard Citizens of Nowhere? I mean, the first few episodes are fine, but then... <laughs> well, if only everybody recorded everything at the time. Someone made a good point the other day about that case, by the way, is that how is it going to be in, you know, in the same number of years ahead? The, the kids now... Almost everything's on record, you know. They're, they're filming right. everything. Everything's podcasted. Everything's uh, YouTubed and so on. 
Um, there'll be a lot more evidence for any case that's happening now, off in the future. It'd be oh, hard. I've, I've and also, your phone times. will show where you were and so on. They can't even prove there was a party. They can't even prove who was at that house at the moment because obviously there, there was no records of anything back then. I got I, I got email today. I'm exaggerating. It's like there were records. I got not. an email today from Google, a thing that I hadn't asked hadn't asked it for, and it said. Um, and just basically asking, what would I be interested in just having a little... Your Google Maps timeline. Here's your September in review. I haven't asked you for this. What the hell? You've visited ten cities this month. <laughs> you've, you've been to ten places this month. It's like, Hotel wow. Grand Newcastle, Newcastle City Hall, etc. You, you, you've walked six miles and you've spent 30 hours in a vehicle. <laughs> I'm just thinking... This wow. Is, now, almost definitely... Yep. This is not accurate. You know, it's missing a load out. It's, it's evidence, though, mate. But I didn't fucking ask it to tell me how. No, long that's I what I mean. You don't, you don't even have control over what evidence is being collected on on your yeah. all your interests. So in thirty five years, if there's a case like this, it, what will also come up is they'll, they'll go, uh, yeah. Well, that day you watched this film. You got up at this time. You uh, yeah. you had that for breakfast, and uh, um, you know you, you were talking about sheep. Yeah, I, I, mean, I didn't remember ever talking about sheep, but oh, it's proved here. Well, what are you doing? That's your why your, 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 you. your Amazon emails that day offered offered you sheep-related uh, purchases. Lots of sheep adverts, which could only happen for that reason. Um, so yeah, actually, that's quite interesting how things are going. To, also, we have no idea how these cases are going to change in the future. I wonder. If the, I was wondering the other day whether there is some point where we'll have a, a lie detector that's actually reliable. Because part of this case was that they couldn't use a, a lie detector. At the moment, they're not. Tell. Um, at the moment, the problem is, that, well, there's lots of ways to beat a lie detector, and one of them is the person might believe they're telling the truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? That's the thing. So so the definition of a lie is quite an interesting philosophical thing, isn't it? It's to do, like, you're knowingly trying to to mislead the person you're speaking to. Yep. Not just what you're saying isn't true. But the lie detector... Because to find out whether what you're saying is true would require omniscience. Yep. But the lie detector of our time is people on Twitter. It turns out yeah, yeah. who are able to watch. I'm trusted. They're able to watch a woman give testimony and watch a man give testimony, and they're able. And and, and that's what I'm seeing all over Twitter is uh, he lowered his chin an inch, and that suggests that he's guilty. Or she, she blinked, or or she looked to her right, and he did this and he did that. And and everyone's turning to these amateur sleuths and uh, psychologists um, who, who can tell but what's been interesting i was expecting this to really form a division male female and much more than that across all the timelines on any social media i'm on i've seen it it's gone far more partisan than that it's um there was an interview with a group of far women partisan than male female yeah uh sorry pa- political right yeah, um, yeah, yeah. politically uh so, so a, a group of women were interviewed about the case and they came in uh, heavily against Ford saying uh, that she's lying and even then they were like so what he, boys will be boys and he just fell on her at a party and he was just trying it on and so on so they're Republicans and they're totally yeah, yeah. bought into the idea that, that this is a political uh, um, you know attempt to bring him down to stop a, um, another Republican getting onto the uh, Supreme Court that I, I mean I have seen I, I haven't followed the case very much at all I've tried to sort of avoid it really but I think one of the reasons I was trying to avoid it was it just seemed so tribal already it just seemed like everyone on one side is saying look you you, you know you just can't tell we can't know the truth of it it was 35 years ago how come she didn't ask anything at the time blah, blah, blah. and then everyone who's going well you know the guy's essentially a rapist or hey even if he didn't do that he should, he should be disqualified 
yeah, because you're a Repo- you're a Democrat. Yeah. So it's, it's, main, it's mainly Americans on my Twitter timeline who are talking about it, and they are exactly as you say. They are completely oh, no, dividing seeing, along party lines. I'm seeing this going. It's it's not just Americans, and over here as well, and and people I know getting involved, and uh, you know I've I've seen there's there's some points where it's gone male female, and I've seen women go, getting tweeting how I'm really depressed about this, and they they they're very much into believe the victim, full stop. It's, I hesitate in saying believe the victim. We don't know for certain she's a victim. We don't know that. You mean believe the accuser, yeah, 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 right? Yeah. Um, um, Ted Cruz gets surrounded by a group of women whilst he's out having a, in a restaurant with his wife, and they they they, they interrupt the meal, shouting. Um, uh, but I think it's believe the victim, believe the victim, believe the victim, and 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 you know, um, it, it's almost like cultish. No one knows what's happened here. It's it's right to investigate it, and and she yeah, sure. and she was she was very credible, but at the same time. She wasn't allowed to be cross-examined on the facts at this point. It's, it's, it's gone to um, uh, an FBI investigation, which it should do, although they're being rushed to. They're going to investigate it in a week. You know, I... I mean, I, I, am, am I wrong that he, he shouldn't even be a nominee on account of Merrick Garland, who should have already been appointed? He was the late-term appointment of Obama and the right. Republicans just blocked it and blocked it and blocked right, it yes. until Obama was out of office. It's completely... That's what this is about. Though. This is not why, that's, that's why both sides are accusing each other of um, you know, politically motivated meddling to, right. to get their own nominee on the Supreme Court. Which, of course, they are as well. That is happening as well as all this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's the fear of overturning Roe v. Wade and so on. It's just depressing, though, isn't so. it? It's like, um, a little bit like the anti-Semitism <clears throat> row... With Labour, you've got the people. Yep. You've got the people who basically deny that there's any, as they say, deny there's any there there, or the people who go, well, yes, there is. It does exist in the party, but it's not as bad as the racism in the Tory party. Which, you know, we're a bit uh, busy waving our Palestinian people, flags right now to yeah, yeah, actually yeah. care. But those are all people who support Corbyn. It it, yep. it's, it seems that it, it, it appears to be impossible. Yep. And what they to... then do is they jump on any facts they can. You know, there was a whole load of um, quite a large number of rabbis signed signed a um, a letter against uh, nice wine um, uh, <laughs> protesting against the anti-Semitism. And then there was some rabbis of an extremely extreme religious sect who signed a letter saying that they were for Corbyn. Or really, what their sect is about is they believe you, you, they believe in God so you know solidly that um, it doesn't matter what Corbyn says. You know, it doesn't matter what the Labour Party has to say because they believe okay. everything is as God intends it to be, right? So they're so, in favour of everything. Well, basically, yeah, the, and Corbynists <laughs> has kind of got behind them and used them to represent all Jews. And I'm going, well, you know, to, to, it's, it's, it's like saying the, saying the Amish represent all Christians, you know. Right, <laughs> so, oh, okay. Therefore, all Christians must want to live in a field and, and not have... Let's take away um, uh, Wi-Fi from all Christians because the <laughs> Amish don't want it. So, so yeah, that, and I think it's very odd when we see people's allegiances being worn on their sleeve like that. I, I find it all the time. Now, I, 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 a lot of the people I follow on Twitter, even um, I don't really look at Facebook, but people I know, if I if I know what their oh, political abilities are, I can pretty much predict the kind of thing they're going to say about anything that comes up. That's interesting. I follow a few people who I don't agree with about things, and some of them yeah, interested to see what that. argument they're making. Um, and every now and then they post something quite interesting that you know because they're obviously taking anything that agrees with their point of view. But you're right. As I see their name come up as I scroll down, I instantly know what yeah. take they're going to have. 
and that, that is uh, it makes them null and void in a way, doesn't it? it yeah, kind of, goes... kind of, and it's why it's one of the reasons I don't look at Facebook. It's, it's short of unfriending most of the people there and friending people who I don't really know very well but find interesting. Yep. Or don't know at all. It's generally I'm I'm not interested in the narrative that comes through Facebook because the the people there are just saying things I already knew they were going to say. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of what, what I see happen is. And you know, I don't want to get into the whole Me Too thing at the moment. We might talk about that at some point in, in detail. But um, but a, a lot of this has a level of panic to it of people seeing an extreme... Everything's thin end of the wedge of where it's going to lead to. Right. So with the anti-Semitism, with, um, uh, with the Kavanaugh story and so on, that uh, it's led to people getting angry with all the Supreme Court justices and, and with the whole system and so on and, and wanting to bring it down. Other people who are, uh, who, who are the, want to believe him full stop. Other people want to believe her full stop. None of them having enough you evidence to do well, so. I mean, but... that, that sounds a bit Buddhist to me, but you shouldn't want to believe one of them. No, really. to me... I mean, you, you should want... Truth. The truth. Yeah. But we, we slip away from truth... What I wonder is when humans are going to learn how easily we're taken away from truth, you know, how easily we're led into panicking, uh, and particularly how easy moral panics might be nowadays that we have the internet, how fast they can spread. Yeah, it's the, it's the, um, I mean, that's what the scientific method is for, right? The yes. The scientific method is specifically there to stop you making out your own mind on your own because you will make stupid mistakes. Several things go in a, in a moral panic, and one of them is, uh, and people get uninterested in the truth. Um, they also get angry with anyone who doesn't follow the party line of, of uh, uh, how they believe we need to deal with this and what the problem is, um, which, which is a lot of what we see nowadays. We kind of see that, no, this is how you have to think, and anyone who doesn't think along these lines, you, you're out, you're not part of the group. Yeah, I mean, this this is something we, we thought we would try and talk about this episode, is the, the, the idea of a moral panic. Yep. And maybe some historical ones... And, you know, maybe are we in the grip of uh, of some at the moment? I think very often we see moral panics as that was people of the past. You know, it was like the witch hunts. That couldn't happen now, could uh, it? Reefer madness, something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Beginning of the 20th century when, I mean, rape culture was around back then with uh, the KKK who believed that black people had a rape culture. And as a result, a result lots of lots of black men were, were lynched uh, just on rumours of stuff happening. You well, know? you know, believe the victim. Believe the victim exactly where it becomes quite the accuser dangerous. Um, so, so, I mean that that by the way is a great rebuttal to that uh, to that principle. Yeah, is the, the believe the accuser idea is what has led to lynching. So, you know, yes, and also the the argument that the, there's an argument going on at the moment that women don't lie, or that only three percent of women lie. Um, which yeah, I think what so, woman okay, told you that? I think it's I th- yeah. Well, there was there was that test where they actually asked men and women um, how much do you lie, and women said they didn't lie very much. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> the Epimenides test. It was actually printed. They published published the study as women don't lie as much as men. <laughs> Hold on, that That's was a amazing. survey. Do you know? Do you know? Do you, you know the Epimenides paradox? No. All Cretans are liars, says Epimenides, the Cretan. <laughs> right. There's a lovely up-to-date version, uh, which is just an Onion headline. Yeah. It's from the George W. Bush era. And it goes, Bush, not liar, Bush says. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's even relevant. 
how many people lie. You know, when it comes to sexual assault claims and so on, they should all be investigated. It's not a case of sure. uh, X number. If only a small percentage are telling the truth, we still need to fight for their truth because something awful happened to them. It's not relevant to say. And when and the three percent thing has come. Yeah, from... I mean, and any anything else is just I can't. I find it difficult to take any other position on board, right? Yeah, right. That's like saying we shouldn't investigate murder because some people might just be playing hide and seek. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's no good arguments, is there, other than uh, no, someone's yeah. made a claim you've got to investigate it. Yeah. But it's also, if you take this, what I find, find odd is the people who are making this claim that even if it was 3%, which is not, the, the um, it, it comes from a FBI study that said that the, this average three percent false reporting on all index crimes. Um, okay. And but that even then, I didn't, I didn't know. That. That's an average. That means that if it's Chicago might have like nine percent, and uh, you know LA might have two percent or something. So it's it's an average over America is three percent. But okay. with rape case, it was three to eight percent. So so two to three times as higher fake reporting. But that's provable. Those are and it's very hard to prove. Well, hang on. So why, a lie. Why, why is it a band of five percent? Was it three to eight percent? Three to eight percent um, that, average across America is what they found with the of, of that was the range. reporting on rape. Yeah, right, okay. yeah, um, which and that's the, these are court cases. The, these are not from people who just write something up on the internet. Okay, so that, hang on. So that that wasn't that wasn't rape accusations that returned a not guilty verdict. It was no, they were provably provably false, false accusa- accusations. Oh, I hadn't heard that. Which, if you're going to take that as therefore that is the number of false accusations, then you have to take the number of people who are convicted. So the number of accused people. Let's say I don't know what the figure is. Let's say the number of accused people who uh, actually um, get found guilty is ten percent. Right? Okay. Then you'd have to do the same. Otherwise, you're being disingenuous. Unless you take the same thing and say therefore. Only ten percent of them really did it, right? But we know it must be higher than that. Lots of people get off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? These figures yeah, the, are the, irre- the, 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 the figures are irrelevant. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. They're totally irrelevant. Right? Uh, they give us a guideline. They give us an idea of uh, you know what's provable and what's not. But but that's all. That's interesting. Is that? Yeah. What what moral panics have there been? So re- re- when I think of a moral panic. I think of like something out of The Simpsons where the entire t- town just goes berserk and starts looting, you know what I mean? Where was... I, oh, I wish I knew the fact that... Where was the place where some kids started giggling and then soon the whole t- the whole town caught the giggles? I don't know. Oh, there's, we'll look it up for another one, but there was, there was a, a real case of that. Um, there's been a number through the 20th century. Um, l- l- there was the... Um, there was a time when l- loads of young girls started... Um, claiming they'd been raped. It was a massive rape panic, and they changed rape laws at the time in America. Uh, and it turned out that most of it was the uh, during the sexual revolution when kids were having sex younger, and it, what it was, a lot, lots of girls were getting pregnant and didn't want to tell their parents that that's what happened. So, um, most, so most of the moral panics... So this is to find a moral panic, is where um, the facts get way out of control and people fear that there is a, a, a huge danger going on in society. A massive yeah, societal there's a, there's a, change. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Every day, the sky's going to fall in. The fabric, the moral fabric of society, will be irreparably damaged. That those are the sorts which of... has to be a human instinct that we probably were right to have at one point to distrust strangers, to fear any massive change because we yeah, didn't understand our, our why way, disease our way was of happening. life is at is at risk. And we're right to do it when it comes to disease, for example, to close all ranks and go. We don't 
understand what's causing lots of people to die suddenly so let's right. stop using this that and the other and so on right yeah so comes from a, comes from a logical place but most of the moral panics are based on danger to children or women so what you'd have is um the moral panics of the 20th century would be things like the satanic rituals we can talk about in a second uh dungeons and uh, satanic rituals in fact let's mention that first that was where um it was b- believed it's satanic that, ritual abuse this is in the 80s and yeah yeah um, early 90s, mostly. 80s and 90s. Loads of children started remembering satanic rituals that were happening at home where their parents were um, raping and killing. Uh, this was going on in schools. It was um, that one group of children claimed they'd been taken out to sea and a load of them had been thrown to sharks. And this um, is separate, this is separate from the famous thing in the 80s where her parents used to have satanic rituals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally different. <laughs> Rubik's satanic cube. <laughs> Look, we all like a little satanic ritual every now and then. But people remembering human sacrifices and so on. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And this spread over Europe, it spread over England. Um, in Rochester, I think 20 families had their children taken away. In uh, Orkney, a number of children were taken away from their families. There were, at one point, something like um, 25% of psychiatrists were specialising in these cases. Um, Wow, follow the money. Yeah, totally, totally. Children were being, this was all all around the time where children were being told, shown dolls and asked where they were touched and started remembering things. And and then adults started remembering stuff. Um, Adult women started remembering ritual abuse happened when they were children, where they watched murders happen. There's an example in... um in one of Will Storr's books. It's uh, absolutely fascinating because it, it, at the sound just starts like this This poor woman has had horrific things happen to her right? and that no one has ever brought to justice and, and it, it, it's all so plausible and gradually you start to have a little bit of doubt about some of her claim and it's it's fucking horrific like yeah, what yeah. it did to some families this yeah. time. false memories completely yeah. false memories of stuff that just never happened I've got to say we've got to be careful with this episode we're not in any way undermining people's real experiences right people no, have... no no but I'm just saying something something as as concrete as claims of abuse by children but by the way when you hear claims of abuse by children you, you just hear it at face value but what this was was a sort of systematic interviewing of children right. yep. with an aim in mind. Because it's very easy... And putting it, words into their yeah, mouths. it's very and... easy to interview. But if, if you ever watch Making a Murderer, do you see that? You know, his, I saw his, the first few the, episodes. He has... Um, <coughs> I don't remember the name, the name of the uh, I watched it with Karen. I think, I think in the first episode, it was revealed that he had killed a dog, um, throwing it into the, the fireplace. Was it Cat? Yeah, yeah. And she was instantly, well, he's guilty. <laughs> oh, God, I, <laughs> I, I don't even... Whatever he got done for it's probably right. It's enough. <laughs> wow. So you were watching it with a member of the jury. <laughs> I was, yeah. <laughs> but the, the, there's his cousin who is, you know... Um, a very low IQ and doesn't really understand what's happening and yeah. they just make it very clear what they wanted him to say in his testimony you know and his interview and uh, and, that, and it just goes on and on he's really anxious and they make it clear that, that this can end if you just tell us the thing we want to hear right and that sort of thing was going on uh, with a lot because in, in the uh, late 80s and 90s also the um, two psychiatrists one of whom was called Marietta Higgs basically decided that there was a physical test you could do that could show that abuse had happened called the reflex anal dilation test <laughs> yeah well, uh, it, it, it's, it's literally it's literally I'm already suspicious like. 
um, for everything we've said about trigger warnings, this is the description of it is uh, where the, if you pull the buttocks apart, does the you pull the reflex, buttocks apart, the buttocks apart, and then if right. the anus reflexively dilates, then that is as far as she are you her telling me present, there were psychiatrists pulling children's buttocks apart? I definitely am telling you that. Yes. <laughs> So and, in actual and, fact, and this is what happens. The... They're committing more of a crime than yeah, it yeah, actually yeah. happened here. But but also by doing it once you're making I it more likely to happen your arsehole. I know you won't understand this. Yes, it's for a very good cause. Yeah, look, it's like something weird's happened to this bum. It has. <laughs> it has. There's an you, adult you just... staring into it yeah, yeah. and stretching it. Uh, <laughs> kind of, but she, I mean, she took... let's just see when they signed it. <laughs> <laughs> Sign it. Oh, oh no, my mistake. <laughs> but that you know, kids were taken away from their families. This is that's in, where in, it gets in their hundreds, right? That's where it gets real, and and uh, and also a, a large number of arrests of adults for things. Yeah. That, for, for and and in in England there was a school where apparently um, uh, in the basement there were there was the teachers were taking the kids down there to watch ritual murders and so on and and dressing up and 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 the police finally looked into it and went. There isn't a basement, <laughs> right? Wow. So, but loads of kids are remembering this basement. Unbelievable. You know, uh, but that's the thing. We should be more sophisticated. Straight off that, we should become much more sophisticated. We've learned a great deal about how these memories can can form so. And a recent study is showing that you can even tell people to think about a situation that happens to them in the future, a time when they're um, accused of something they haven't done or, or you know, maybe shoplifting or whatever. And they start, a lot of people, a percentage of people, will remember this as a real event from the past. Yeah. Actually, actually before we go on, it's just occurring to me that given that we talked about the Kavanaugh thing, mm. that um, people might be drawing a, drawing a line between that and what we're saying now about things like um, unreliable and false memories... And it's not. I I have literally no position whatsoever. Oh, okay, on but on either on either part of them, I mean, he might have covered up memories. She might have uh, enhanced memories, yeah. or neither of them might have done. We don't know. It's it's we, more a case of saying that what we're really talking about is how first of all we need to get more sophisticated and treat the, the individual situation as it is. But secondly, just seeing the what was really interesting was the explosion of people who know who then start panicking about the world that we live in yeah, yeah. and the causes of it and what's wrong with men and what's wrong with women and so on. That, that, um, as much as toxic masculinity has been discussed, there's also now a lot of discussion of toxic femininity in order to make these claims and, and to try and control men in these ways. So this is now, I knew that that was going to happen. As soon as you accuse one group of being toxic, they're going to start going, Ray, you're toxic. That's <laughs> a great song. Um, so no, we're not saying that. We're not. We're not. We're not coming up with the. In fact, just the opposite. Yeah. But, well, and in fact, the Kavanaugh case is, is is of course somebody bringing their own case, right? Making the accusation out. No. Yeah. But the, in in cases of like eyewitness reports and things like that, it is worth bearing in mind that the the brain is not like a video recorder. No. And that you can be made to remember things that didn't have a psychologist called Elizabeth Loftus some amazing work on this where she was able to make people quite reliably remember committing crimes that they never committed right which sounds absolutely fucking unbelievable but over the course of a series of interviews by the last one she was able to have them recall memories that she had basically implanted in their heads right i would i would have a thing years ago where people would in fact still happens um, because i used to work as a magician and people would describe a magic trick they saw to me and say how was it done and i go it is impossible for me to tell you from your explanation 
Because what yeah, I know yeah. definitely is that you've left some crucial detail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, or, or sometimes they're describing a trick I know, and I, I okay, I know instantly which detail you've left out, and it was the most important one. You know, and you've also embellished. You and people would tell, remind me of a trick I've done, and they've embellished it. You know, that I've just just threw a coin at a bottle and it appeared in it, and I go, no, they don't remember I was holding it. They don't remember anything else. You know, that was going on at the time. I've done it. I've definitely. I've heard people tell stories that where I'm in the story and I was there and they've just added yeah just like a car crash to it or something just well I did a whole show about a seance that I did and just uh, immediately afterwards the next day people were telling stories so exaggerated because it involved family members that they believed they contacted I couldn't tell them the truth going no it was a trick it was just I was messing around and I wasn't even being particularly clever it's just really easy in that situation uh, to make people think a glass is moving and make people think that um, they've, they've made contact with someone who really didn't have anything interesting to tell them. You think all the people who go and see spiritualists and the spiritualist tells them absolutely nothing other than um, your son liked pop stars. And they're like, <laughs> he did! Yeah. He was a but, teenager but now who liked that, that pop stars. now has an interest and has, like, you know, that, that, that person's... That person's mind has has a job to do now, which is to excuse how they've behaved, yeah, and to make and to yes. retroactively make their yes. emotions make sense. So if so, if someone's saying to you they saw a really impressive thing, they will keep going until you're impressed, yeah, because they need they need to convince you now. So they they're, they're going to make the magic trick sound incredible, and they're yeah. going maybe palm it. He couldn't have palm it. He couldn't. They couldn't have his hands were in handcuffs and there's a goldfish bowl on each one. I have a theory that we tell stories to match the way we felt rather than what happened. You know, so if you were blown away by a magic trick, you want to describe it in a way that... When you retell it exactly as it happened, it doesn't blow the person away as much as... In the same mind-boggling ways when you witnessed it. If you've had an awful day on the way home, it's freezing cold, your ears are hurting, whatever. Describing that story to someone, they might go, oh yeah, all right. You kind of exaggerate it up a little bit. And it's still kind of honest. It's trying to match the way you felt and how bad you felt. (laughs) So I, I think that's partly what goes on. Let's go, let's go back to some of the other um, uh, public panics was the, uh, the Dungeons and Dragons, which was sort of around the same time as the Satanic Rituals. And that was a belief that, um, and I think it's actually, no, I think it was interwoven with it. I think people believed that Dungeons and Dragons were causing kids to commit suicide and to commit murders. And the newspapers backed this up. They came up with a large number of cases showing kids who were killing themselves and others. Um, and then finally a study was done showing that kids who played Dungeons and Dragons were on average more balanced than the, the average, average kid of their age. This kid couldn't have been killed with a level six mace. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they're playing a game. It's yeah. not, you know, there's always that belief um, that the game is, you know, same with video games and so on. I, I remember the Dungeons and Dragons thing because I, I was playing uh, role-playing games a little bit in, in, in school and around the same time, my, my parents, my mum particularly, used to get sometimes a bit, a little bit worried about things that could lead to Satanism. Right. And, um, this is a horrible example. And, and my sister was listening to uh, some music and my mum burst in and went, is that song going, Satan, Satan, Satan? <laughs> and uh, my sister goes, no. Uh, it was Paul Simon. Right. One of the songs on Gresland goes, ta-na-na-na-na. Oh, okay. Say right. ta-na-na-na-na. <laughs> Say ta-na-na-na. My mum just hears, Say ta-na-na-na. And she goes, ah! 
that that shit was around, you know, and, and enough people, you know, the so many the... people believe you play, play when you play records backwards. Wasn't it? Loads of records were being accused of having uh, secret messages in yeah. them. But why? For what? So you play it backwards and it goes Satan. But what is that? That like that's you. convincing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you really just. I mean, you know, it's recording anyway. Yeah. Normally, I wouldn't kill my family, but I was told to backwards. <laughs> All you have to do is say the name, and that's enough for me. <laughs> just... I just hear Satan. I think, oh, it's meant to be. I must grab a knife. There was also the. Um... But if that was true, like every time anyone addresses the Prime Minister they eat a yam <laughs> disappearing children was another one which sounds to me like a good thing <laughs> but, um, suddenly fear across America that children were being kidnapped en masse the, the leaving papers... only one child by a tree going 100 99 98 <laughs> 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 oh, the longest game of hide and seek ever <laughs> Like the Blair Witch Project. 50,000 children were apparently vanished in a year. It turned out the actual number was around about 600, which is still awful, but not a public but panic in the number. States is a... No one goes, we must panic 500 children out of all the kids in the States. Yeah. That's in, in, in the new uh, book by Jonathan Haidt and Greg Lukianov, um, the book that's called The Coddling of the American Mind, which is a title they say they don't really like that much. But they... they yeah, it's they been criticised, hasn't it, for the, yeah, the term... Coddling, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, they, they do say that was, a, that was a sub-editor at the Atlantic or something, but... Anyway. We have to protect people from words like that, I think. <laughs> Word coddling, coddling can upset yeah. people. How dare you say I'm coddled? Um, coddle warning. Coddle warning. They were, yeah, yeah, they... they yeah. Um, around this time, there were a lot of highly publicised abductions. Yeah. And this led to a generation of kids who were no longer allowed to play unsupervised. Yes. And that, 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 as they see it, is one of the big uh, kind of inciting moments in later on having a generation of people who've basically never sorted out their own altercations. They've always had an authority figure to go to. They were never never really in danger from one. Yep. To the level where they actually feel genuinely endangered when they're in an altercation they can't, can't control. So they try and control everything. Yes, that's 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 part of the thesis anyway. Yeah, I think what goes on with all this is it's not saying that because going back to the Kavanaugh thing, is it's not saying any opinion in that particular case or with the Me Too thing. It's more that what these panics tend to do is exaggerate fear an awful lot. The, the likelihood is that most children are safe walking home from school. You know, yeah. The, the, the number of people we meet on a daily basis who don't hurt us far outweighs the people who are dangerous. Um, most journeys you're going to take in life are reasonably safe. Most most of the time, you're safe to walk home at night. We are ridiculously safe these days compared with ever in the past. It doesn't mean we shouldn't do anything about danger, but exaggerating it becomes a danger in itself. Yeah, I mean we. That's the thing with moral. And actually, actually, the other thing I said before about how um, you want to make your emotions make sense to the person you're talking to. Yeah. That, that, that presumably is part of what sparks up the moral family. You know, it, perhaps, you know, back in the day, someone has got, got completely hysterical about uh, the Negroes or about jazz music or reefer mm-hmm. has to has to convince their peers or their social group that this is worth them sounding hysterical over. Yes. So they're going to exaggerate the danger. They're going to say, I saw it, yeah, I saw yeah. it. No one wants to sound like they're hysterical for no reason, do yeah. they? So, 
There was. Do you remember all the GHB and um, and the role hypno thing, which was uh, suddenly date rape dr- drugs I were. The and it, beginning it, it, of uh, every every evening of that. <laughs> <laughs> you smiled a lot during that time, but I was never sure why you were smiling. Yeah, was, um, my eyes were rolling back in my head. Wasn't it? There were suddenly thousands of tens of thousands of people claiming that they were being given date rape drugs everywhere, and uh, and then there was like warnings everywhere. Funny thing is, do you know what? I'm not sure the timing of this. I'm pretty sure. This happened around about the same time as the smoking ban. So at the same time we were being told, cover your drinks, don't let your drink get out of sight. We were told, leave your drink indoors and go out and have a cigarette. Finally, they tested them. And, it, and it, obviously, there were instances of uh, people having their drinks spiked. Yeah. But when the tests came through... Um, it turned out it's rare to the point they called it virtually a myth. There was, there was I think, a hundred people tested in America, and these were basically when people who go into a, a police station saying, "I have had my drink spiked," and they would give them an instant test, and they found out of the hundred, zero actually had had their drink spiked. In England, about a thousand people were tested. I think they found two cases of possible rohypnol, which was less than they were expecting because it was also being used as a sex drug um, in the gay community at the time. Right. So they expected there to be a, a higher number of cases that, that where that should have applied. Uh, I've had my urine spiked. Yeah. <laughs> in Australia as well, it was about a thousand people and they found zero. Um, and it's and a, a lot of these were young people who possibly had had... And they might have had their drinks, but they might have had someone buy them a double instead of a single or or even, you know, put, put extra alcohol into other drinks. Yeah. You know, but also a lot of it might have been a lot of young people. And I think even people my age occasionally get shocked by how hard they're hit by alcohol because they haven't eaten that much that day or uh, just, you know, where their metabolism's at whilst they're drinking. Um, yeah. If you, and alcohol if you, if hits you differently sometimes. It's, it's something something to blame, isn't it? It's yeah. The you know, it's, it's, it's the immigrant of drinks. Yes, it is. <laughs> Yes. So really, it's just people's racism that they're still about. Xenophobia, you think? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alcoholic xenophobia. It's always been going on. What we mentioned before, Ed- Edwina Curry, when she starts to panic. Um, God, what era would that be? Oh, fucking come on! You know, about eighty-eight. About that. But yeah, roughly about yeah, probably about mid, mid mid to late eighties. Um, in John Major's government, and she said uh, that eggs have salmonella. And yeah, she made she made an unguarded statement about salmonella in eggs, which there was a bit of truth to it. Yeah, well, I, well apparently, yeah, it came well, out, all these came, things came have out some later. Truth. There was more truth, more truth than um, people let on. But what she didn't do is she didn't draw the distinction, which she really ought to have done, <laughs> given her job. And she was the health minister. Yeah, she, um, I don't think it was health. It was, it was agriculture. So anyway. Okay. But whatever. She was the, the eggs minister. Yeah. <laughs> minister for eggs and salmonella. And she she said eggs when she should have said flocks of hens. Something like that. Okay. So it's so quite a big difference, isn't she, it? Yes, yeah, she essentially said something like... Flocks of hens isn't a good soundbite, is it? Our eggs. Just yeah, eggs. yeah. There's a presence of salmonella in, in a majority of egg laying flocks. Right. Something like that. But she ended up telling people, your eggs are full of salmonella. <laughs> and and uh, sales of eggs your dropped eggs. by 60%. Uh, four million hens were killed. Four million hens slaughtered. <laughs> because of this one thing. And, of course, the uh, the dairy industry were up in arms about it. How dare you? There was also, there was the, um, oh, the Jamie Bolger case. So that, and that was fascinating at the time. Do you know, I one also where the public... Uh, just so 
outraged. It goes faster than the details. Um, and it was a horrifying case. So two 10-year-olds, um, John Venables and Robert Thompson, the 10-year-old kids who basically abducted a toddler in a, um, a shopping centre, drag him around for a bit, take him around for a bit, and then they beat him up, realise he's dead, and they decide to get rid of the body by putting it on... This is so gruesome, isn't it? They put it onto a train track, hoping yeah. that will Oof. cover their tracks, right? Horrifying, right? But the public... What happens is two things. First of all, the public outrage of them is just like... And later on, later on, people would look into this and say, you know, these kids have come from a terribly broken home, uh, alcoholic parents um, who were separating violence and so on, and and probably were completely fucked up, really confused. And, and also they, they had problems with their siblings that they might have been taken out on this little boy. It's an awful case. Yeah. Um, but they're put into... The, the public are so angry, they're put into adult court. They're tried as adults. Um, they had to actually raise the platform they were standing on up to adult level for the court case. And there was right. at the time there were like French papers and so on uh, complaining, going, your country is barbaric, you're trying children, you know. And... Uh, well, that's the thing. You can't explain your moral panic to someone else. No, because you're Even alone, we're in the middle of a moral panic. Yeah, yeah, exactly, is what's going on. Now, there's no, there's no, there's no doubt that what they did was a like, horrifying thing. But if, you look at, but if you look at other cases at the time, you see adults who were committing murders, killing their own children and so on, other infanticides and so on, they, 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 were, they were getting lower sentences than these two 10-year-olds got. Um, right. And... Uh, and there'd be pictures of the two children having like lollipops outside the courtroom, and and a few people would dare say things like, "Oh fuck, that they're, they're children having lollipops outside a court case." But they were silent straight away because the voices at the time were too angry, going, "No, look at the evil in their eyes. It's even worse than having lollipops because they had, they killed a child, and now they're having lollipops." So there's there, two things about that, and they're both much later. Um, one of them was I, I was watching um, Question Time. And uh, Will Self was on it, and so right. was Carol Vorderman, who'd never been on it before. And um, turned out that she was the most sort of knee-jerk, kind of tabloid, unthinking reaction. Right, kind of yeah, little England Tory sort of um, <laughs> Daily Mail reader type. Anyway, and she went. I mean, they're evil and should never be released. And then. And, and right. got a smattering of applause, but not the whole. It was so sort of unthinking. Cut and, and their then, heads uh, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. them. But, yeah, we should, we should go back in up. time until they're the age he was and kill them. And anyway, everyone in the country should punch them in the face. And then, uh, and then, Will Self went. Well, here's something that was really hard to maybe for us to think is that maybe they're not evil. Yeah. Right? Maybe that's yeah. not why these things happen. Maybe it's just easier for us to just call them evil and treat them like monsters than it is to accept that sometimes horrific things happen or that children can be fucked up and do appalling things or you know and he got a huge run you know it was one of those things where you, you they go all right the british public isn't totally rotten he, he got right. a really good reaction for that because you know, but that was recent much more recent than the case it was still this is a long time ago now this okay. is over a decade ago more okay. recently than that i think it was going around facebook but this was about them being released again, I think. Right, okay. Or, or a, a, either that yeah, or about one of them being given protested. a new identity. Something yeah, like that. they had new identities, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is and, tragic in a way because also it means we won't know now. There's no one able to actually look into the case now and give us answers to why they did it and what, what could have happened, who they are now and so on. They've been completely just lost in the system somewhere. But, I mean, 
six this there's a thing going around facebook um asking you to sign it or whatever share it which was full of details about the um uh jamie bulger case that were completely invented horrific oh, really graphic horrific details they made him eat glass and stuff yeah, yeah and... cut off his fingers batteries off his director it was, it was that sort of like really 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 nasty and just 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 made up just literally there they're literally designed to create an online moral panic. Yeah. And the truth is, at the time, they were either kids who, who were genuinely mentally fucked up, or, I mean, either way, they probably were mentally fucked up, but but they'd also had an upbringing that was just pretty much disturbed, and then they, they start attacking a child in a way that it, uh, sometimes parents hit their kids and go too far and end up going to court for it and end up going to jail for it. But they did that and then realised the kid's dead. They probably didn't even understand how that had happened so easily. Yeah, no, I have no idea. I don't. But also yeah. what then what happened was a moral panic, which, which then spreads to uh, people believing that this is going on all over the country. So suddenly, the, and the newspapers, of course, fuel it. They're like, yeah, there's, there was a, um, a couple of children who apparently dropped a toddler off the top of a building. There was a, uh, suddenly a 13-year-old... Um, defending himself uh, accused of rape in a sandpit somewhere and so suddenly there's a whole load of these cases and there was a public panic with the newspapers going the children are trying to kill us they've got no there's a picture of a kid with a knife who later on that found out that he just like picked up a knife off the breadboard and yeah. someone took a photo and like um children are becoming murderers Ch- children under 10 teenagers and so on are trying to kill and much later on it turned out that that it was Roughly the same as has always been going on. There's every now and then there's a spate of some messed up kid who beats someone up or tries to kill someone or or whatever, you know. Yeah. At the time, John Major in one of the most awful sound bites of all time, I think, was mostly trying to respond to this moral panic and going along with it. He said, um, "We must condemn a little more and understand a little less." Right. Thank you. Yeah, and that to me is that is in a nutshell that is the moral panic. And, that's, more and I said I wouldn't less. talk about Me Too, but whilst Me Too has a, a side to it, which I respect, there's also got a side to it that has all those elements of moral panic as well, where there is a bit of that. We have to condemn more and understand a little less. And I actually think, no, we've got to go the other way. We've got to understand more and condemn a little bit less. How can you understand less? How do you call them on? What's How your space race right? going to look like? Yeah. I've said weird probes to Uranus. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that's just... Yeah. Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? And, um, along... just, just to hear yourself saying that we saw it again with the, the do you remember in Bridge End in um, it was a little town in Wales where yeah, suddenly yeah, kids started committing suicide and it was um, I think changing its name would have been a good start <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what do you what do you expect to do at the end yeah, of a I bridge mean, anyway you better Bridge End yeah um, suicide bridge just sort of like... <laughs> it's a depressing damaged little town where suddenly children started committing suicide and uh, and once again, there was a big panic. And the press, what they did was they took, they they went from young children to children of all ages, and and you know up to like in their twenties, and and then taking the area of Bridge End further and further out, yeah, yeah in order yeah. to keep the story going. But what was shown later on was actually that the press were were encouraging it because they were turning these kids into, uh, you know, big stories. And so other kids who were also mentally damaged, and there was one kid who, um, an American news um outfit interviewed a family at the time and he was considered to be a risk and he'd gone to hospital and the hospital had let him out too early his mother sued the paper sued, sued the hospital later on but he said during this interview i would never do that to myself it would hurt my family too much a week later he commits suicide 
right? He hangs himself. Um, and, and largely what was going on, and people said, oh, it's a suicide pact. But what it was, was the kids were so upset seeing this happening to friends of theirs from, and people they knew in school that they were writing uh, sort of flowery obituaries about how great they were. Other kids were reading it and they wanted to be talked about like that and were, you know, suffering from mental illness and depression. So I think there was about 20 children, which is terrible. Or I might know, I mean, 20 children during 2007, 2008. I think it carried on for a few years. And it was, it was all terrible, but it, it was, when you consider the size of the area and the number of kids out there, it wasn't like it was like the whole of England was erupting with children committing suicide. This is also what the press does when it wants to have a shape of a story. You know? Yeah. I mean, if you cast your net wide enough, you can find a Bermuda Triangle anywhere. Yeah. Do you know about the, about the Bermuda Triangle that apparently it's not, it's not in any way unusual in terms of number of things going missing? Or... Is that the... Right, that that's that has always made sense to me as the explanation without knowing that has been shown. But is is that the case? Is that proven? I, I, I believe so. Really? Yeah, I I haven't I haven't double checked this for this. So podcast, that's but... really interesting. So when people focus on a particular area, what they do is they just lose sight of the real picture out, outside. Yeah, and it's a it's a big area as well. Yeah, Bermuda to Florida to Puerto yes, Rico. Yes, isn't it? It's huge. Yeah, quite yeah. a lot. Of... Yeah, and I believe also yeah. I read something ages ago about for some reason that was a particularly popular flight path around there as well. At the time. Yeah, it might be. Yeah. Although we could be letting aliens off the hook. Well, we might be, yeah. Yeah. So the Bermuda Triangle itself is vanishing as a as an idea. It's, it's so vanishing? It's, yeah, it's vanished. How ironic. Um, I suppose all this comes from what we were saying at the beginning. It's, it's a human thing to protect ourselves and to look for signs of danger. But at the same time, how much more dangerous can that be now that we are in an internet age where and that's what i've seen during the me too and during this Kavanaugh case it's an awful lot of bullying that you have to believe one thing or people being so solid on their views when they don't have any good reason to be there's not a case of people learning from it and saying we really need to sit back and, and expect <laughs> a never... process that, that that's what we should be demanding the only anger should be demanding a decent process or a better process and improvements in the process that get us to some level of truth. No, I, I don't think I've ever heard anyone go, hang on, I fell for a moral panic two years ago, I'm not about to step on this one. Um, does that happen? I think so. I think I've heard does. the occasional one, yeah. I've heard I've heard people have just admit they've gone along with things. But largely people go, it's the same with all the, I think there's been a rise in conspiracy theories, but it's hard to tell whether it's just that they're all being aired more because the... Um, you know, because social media gives everyone the platform. Yeah. So, for example, those people who think the Earth is flat. Yeah. Are there more of them? Maybe, maybe I'm maybe hearing a lot a more, more of it. There are probably but, a few more. But well, okay. Um, yeah. But e- equally, when would I have heard from people who thought the world was flat pre-social media? You bump into the odd person, yeah. But not very yeah, many. Yeah, but I go, oh, oh my God, there's like one person in the world who thinks it's flat. Yeah. Why can't we just fight it out? You know, the flat earthers be the round earthers. Or maybe you just agree that half the world's flat and half the world's round and we'll be happy. <laughs> it's, just a, it's just a hemisphere. Yeah. It's like the bottom of a sabutio. <laughs> uh, Which half? Yeah. I always remember when I met one once, I insisted the world was flatter than he thought it was. <laughs> I was like, I think it's pancake flat. Yeah, like, no, I, I, I can't I, be that flat. I think it's beyond flat. I think it's like, it's concave. 
What do these people think? They don't, they don't think the ice caps are melting. They think they're just sinking through to the other side. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I get it, I get it. I think if you're under about eleven or twelve, I do get. Well, don't you? You're being sceptical, you know. Yes. Not just yeah. Okay. You. Right. I I think you can look this up. Thousands it's, it's, of people. It's not. It's not look, theoretically flat. Still, or thousands around. of people it's, are abducted by aliens this. every year. You know, this why. <laughs> I, I, I can't say they're not. No, but all those people are abducted is one of their friends by a tree going. 99, 98, 97. The worst part is people are suspicious of critical thinking. So you can't even explain critical thinking to them because then they're critical of science already, you know? Yeah. Right? They're already going, actually, that's an argument that comes against you because you're going, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, they're, they think about this logically. Well, why are you, oh, so why you asking me to be logical? <laughs> why are you so uncritical Aliens about Aliens want you to be thinking. logical. Yeah. So I don't know, I don't know whether, I don't suppose our brains have adapted beyond this yet. I don't, I don't know how you convince people of something that's basically unconvincible to them. Well, I mean, it keeps happening. Like, moral panics keep happening. There's, there's a book by a guy called Stanley Cohen called Folk Devils and Moral Panics. Right. Just kind of, you know, the anatomy of moral panics. And it does, you know, we're seeing things with the same sort of shape. I remember years ago when I was a kid and I read Carl Sagan's book, The Demon Haunted World. Which oh, what a great, great book. Yeah, it's a really, really good book. Um, and he and he covers everything through this as well. And I remember feeling a level of relief. It was almost like, you know, when you read a good mystery book or, or you know, a, um, uh, I know, a detective novel and so on, and the case gets solved, you go, ah, oh, relief, you know. And it's nice when someone's talking about, he talks about, say, um, abductions and so on and... Uh, then goes through a number of different explanations. You go, oh, there's enough explanations there. <laughs> <laughs> there's enough explanations for why people might see ghosts and so on. And I, I grew up reading these UFO books and you know these you know Betty and Barney Hill and the Hopkinsville right. goblins and all that. I mean, how can you possibly explain the Hopkinsville goblins? And I heard a podcast a few years ago that basically went. They were probably owls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're yeah. Going, they can't be. And then when you, when you hear someone actually critically breaking down what we know, who said what, when they said it, what they actually saw, how long were they outside? You go, oh yeah. fuck! It was owls, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Fucking yeah. owls. Yeah. Eight-year-old me just. <laughs> yes. Just lapped this up along with all the. Illustrations, the Osborne. Well, when I was in Australia with um, with Kai Humphreys, and we were certainly we had we had a wanker hiding in the garden wanking, <laughs> but it turns out <laughs> the possums actually make that weird noise. They go. Ah. Ah. It was just they were going. Oh really? But I was glad that someone had told me the possums make that noise because that meant that otherwise we had a wanker <laughs> hiding, hiding in our garden. Do they explain they only make that noise when they're wanking? <laughs> <laughs> or that sometimes wankers make that noise just to make you think it's a possum. Yeah. <laughs> so either a possum or there's a wanker out there trying to disguise himself as a possum. <laughs> as you would. Um, one of the Carl Sagan's one, he was talking about uh, sleep paralysis. and you know, I remember reading oh, yeah. that and going, and once I understood, okay, this is a real thing. It can be induced with electromagnet at the the back of the head and so on, and um, and and plenty of people have experienced. We know it's a real thing, right? And we know it feels very real. And during it, you feel a pressure on your chest, 
uh, and the brain panics because what it is is, is um, during sleep you're paralysed and, and, and the mechanism gets fucked up. Yeah, yeah. Right? There's, there's a part of your brain which paralyses your body during dream sleep, doesn't it? Yeah. Otherwise you would act out your dreams. Right. And sometimes you wake up, but that mechanism hasn't turned off. So you're still paralysed if you were in sleep and yeah. it causes a panic. And then something you're looking at or, or whatever is ahead of you suddenly becomes terrifying. And then, the, in fact, this this matches up what we were saying before. The feeling, you need the story to go with the feeling. So the brain feels the terror and then creates something in front of it that explains your, why you're terrified. Yeah. So even the bookcase you're looking at some, somehow becomes an evil bookcase. Right? Yeah, yeah. And, and then you're just coming out of a dream. Yes. So you've, you've still got that kind of slightly unreal world. I experienced Daniel, it. Daniel I experienced Kaysen it once. It, I experienced it once and it was terrifying, but I, knowing what it was was enough. Right. But I don't think everyone would do. I think a lot of people would have that feeling and go, no, that explanation wasn't enough. But it was. Ter- I, a friend of mine was in the room in front of me. And actually, he wasn't there. Um, but he'd come into the room and he was, there was something so evil about that was behind him. I was terrified and I, I, was, I was sitting upright as well and I felt wow. this pressure on my chest and everything and it was uh, just a moment of absolute, I can still remember how it felt but I know from all the symptoms and even the pressure on the chest, yeah, everything matches up. It's, uh, well, that was sleep paralysis. So at that point were you kind of a little bit excited to that? Oh, that's what this is like. Yeah, I, I think for a little while afterwards I still felt a bit, bit of a shame but I've, I've had experiences also on, um, you know, on, I don't think, I need to make a big secret on this podcast, but you know I've done magic mushrooms and stuff, and there are odd times Probably where in some country they're, they're legal. <laughs> it was definitely where they were legal, <laughs> and here and uh, and I have experienced things that I, I know other people would have gone. I've just met God. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right, and I can come out of it and go. I still really enjoy the fact that it happened, but I know it wasn't God. Yeah, I remember. I think I had a bit in my because I was it, taking uh, magic mushrooms. And I don't think he waits for you to take <laughs> magic mushrooms and go. Now's the time. I'm going to bounce. I, remember the, I, I think I had a bit about the Book of Revelations in my first ever Edinburgh show about like yeah, the guy's like high out of his tree, but he's he's not he's not making that little leap of this isn't real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I know there isn't really a talking lion <laughs> yes. in the tiles of our bathroom. Yeah, but it has given me advice in the past. <laughs> That's what happens. The Bible doesn't have the word probably in it enough, you know. But Jacob was lying down and he saw this ladder come from the heavens with angels coming down from the heavens. Probably. Well, my, 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 my bit <laughs> he was... He was also very tired. <laughs> my bit was what it needs yeah. is the translation of the Bible just needs the word like after every verb. It's going to say, I, John, saw like this thing. <laughs> Man. Like came. <laughs> And it was like a serpent, and it had like seven heads and like ten horns. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, well. Fun, fun. I think that's about it. Yeah, so moral panics. Moral panics and... Um, Thank God we don't have them anymore, eh? And <laughs> yeah. I think that's the danger. I think, I think we do think they're things of the past, rather than recognising that actually it's something humans are very, very prone to, and that we need to be a bit sceptical with facts and, and want to get to the truth. Yeah. Somewhere out there, there's someone going, "Ah, oh, those naive idiots in the fifties, stampeding like cattle." Anyway, back to Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when do people stampede like cattle? Cattle? Was it? What else can you stampede like? <laughs> I suppose not. Yeah. Stampede like bees. Yeah, those weren't people. Those were animals. Stampeding, stampeding like, like fish. <laughs> God, I hate fish stampedes. Worst. They're awful. Worst way to get trampled. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, that's a natural natural ending. Yes. That's, shall we shall we pretend like we've learned from our mistakes and actually end the episode now rather than just wait for a few awkward silences and then start picking it up again? I don't know. That's our, our thing, isn't it? The characteristics of podcasts. That's, so, that's what people listen for. <laughs> the awkward bit where we... Um, dead, dead air. The... the, 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 the feeling where it, it on your own but it should have um stopped a, a few minutes ago when when we were saying that it should have stopped but in, instead it's you know the bit where it feels like it's just you know like like it was done and but how long to leave you with this <laughs> it hasn't stopped because it it's still going on even though it's clearly over i've been nick duty really, really should have just said goodbye a few you know that that feeling where you just go you could have just said goodbye a few minutes ago whilst you were on a roll rather than... To blame for this bit is Kerry Remarks. Carry on talking um, without any um, uh, sense, sense of direction or, or, or rhyme or, or reason, but but just still going for, for no, for no uh, good reason whatsoever. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what we haven't talked about. No, I won't! <laughs> That's the end. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.